Welcome back to the Vet SOS Podcast brought to you by the Who You Know Network. Remember, don't drown the sea of transition. Grab the Vet SOS Lifeline. Mark, we got a great guest with us here today. Deb Curtis is going to be here talking with us about small businesses, something that is huge for our community, especially those who decide they want to go do their own thing. It's going to be great to learn more about what she's got going on and how veterans can benefit from this. Uh, As always, I'm here with my partner, Mark. Mark, how are you doing today? Hey, Sean. uh, Thanks for asking. I'm doing fantastic. (laughs) So, um, and even better after I hear from Deb here. So I'm sure because she's going to drop some knowledge bombs. And so be ready, right? (laughs) Be ready for those nuggets. Absolutely. Absolutely. We like them to get nervous by pumping them up before we start asking questions. So (laughs) Um, we want to thank everybody for tuning in as always. And thank you for those who've been pairing your channels with us. Uh, If you do not know how to pair your channels through Restream, hit us up with hashtag pairing and we'll let you know it's very simple. Uh, And you can put this out, this episode out as original content on your social media. Without further ado, we'll get right into it. Deb is passionate about you securing your own business the right way. Uh, She's an expert in buying profitable existing businesses through the Small Business Administration and wants to help people secure their next great opportunity. She's a founder of Deb Deb Curtis Small Business Finance Solutions, LLC, and contracts with many other organizations. Deb, how are you doing today? I am doing fabulous. Thanks for having me. Um, Sean and Mark, it's great to be here. (laughs) We're so happy to have you on here. Uh, we, We talk all the time with uh, people specifically in the transition space. And mm-hmm. although you, you're not a typical veteran support organization, what you have to share with us, I think, is a huge thing for the veteran community, especially like I'm going through some of the boots, the business courses that are out there, which are just amazing talking about starting your own business. And I think you you have information on some things that'll provide a different option and, and some valuable information. So we'll get into that in a minute. Uh, mm-hmm. First of all, before we get to that, tell us a little bit about you. You know, who, who's Deb Curtis and why do you do what you do? Mm, yes. Why does Deb do what she does? Well, let me tell you my whole career. Um, I've been in banking, retail banking and business lending in some capacity. Um, I've worked for a, a big bank, a regional bank, a community bank and a non-bank and the tail end of my career here, and I'm not done yet. I've got plenty of time ahead of me, so watch out. But but the last 15, 20 years, I have worked with small business owners um, when it came to um, needs of capital and where do they go? Where's the first place they should go if they need capital is their local bank. Um, and I have uh, processed millions and millions of dollars of of working capital loans um buy a building loans you know conventional supporting the business working capital i've seen it all um and then i was introduced to sba the small business administration uh what i was seeing sean through my time working at all of these banks that the business owners were lacking collateral everybody wants collateral. I mean, if you're going to give money, Sean or Mark, you probably want it secured in some some capacity, right? To get paid back. Because if you don't get paid back, you want the collateral to somehow uh, reduce your losses. But businesses lack collateral, but they have what is known as cash flow. So 
um, the bank underwriters on a conventional basis don't want to take the risk of giving a business capital when there's no collateral. So through the years of my career of working for the big bank, the regional bank, a, a, um, a small community bank, a non-bank, every, I shouldn't say every, most credit requests that couldn't get done conventionally had to move to the SBA because the SBA offers a government guarantee to the banks that participate to back an uncollateralized business loan only if the business cash flow supports the loan project. So if there's three words I want you all to take away today when it comes to SBA, cash flow is king. That's it. Because people cash will- Cash flow, let's go. I'm telling you, cash flow is king. Reported cash flow to the IRS, not a spiral notebook of what was <laughs> the business owner's cash flow and he decided to send something else to the IRS that was a lot less. That doesn't work for the banks. It's gotta be <clears throat> the reported cash flow. So that's Deb Curtis in a nutshell. She's seen all of this through the years and now what does she do? The last three to four years, I have focused in the lane of business acquisition financing for individuals or small businesses that want to take over ownership of an established money-making, cash-flowing, cash-is-king business. Because those businesses that traditionally are owned by baby boomers, I mean, there's a huge silver tsunami coming. You've heard about it, right? A lot of baby boomers are, um, they're tired. You know, they don't want to let go of their baby, which is their small business, and they are ready to exit, sell. And we are looking for individuals that have the fire in the belly to take over these cash flowing established small businesses. And so my lane of expertise is a business acquisition lending specialist finding the capital with the big banks, the, the regional banks, the non-banks, which is the best program for my client to get them approved for a change of business ownership um, financed loan. So I'm going to stop there and let you maybe ask another question. <laughs> I, I'm excited. I, I love the, the silver tsunami. I had not heard it put that way. That's the first time I've heard that too. I just wrote it down. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? It, it It's out there. Um, the statistics, I put up a post on LinkedIn. Um, the value of silver tsunami baby business boomer owned businesses that are going to turn over in the next five years is in the, in the trillions with a T, a capital T. Now, there's a lot of businesses that won't sell. They're on the market because they didn't report the right numbers to the IRS, but there are a lot of gems out there. And um, that's the ones we're focusing on to move individuals into these businesses. And um, my hope is the better. Just, if, I, if I can ask a, a, maybe a related question is, um, do you see that those are identified 
you know, in the last few years of your experience, like there's these businesses that they're already like for sale or is it you have you you have the people, right? The, the people mm-hmm. that are requesting the, the financing from mm-hmm. you and mm-hmm. they're going out and finding these businesses. How, uh, it, it, can you tell me a little bit about how that works? Because and here's yeah. why I'm asking. Um, I know that a lot of I, I'm in the financial services industry, and I know that a lot of businesses, their exit strategy is to sell the business or to turn it over to uh, family or key employees, right? Mm-hmm. And so that's one of the things that I think a lot of people have in their mind. But that doesn't mean that that's the way that their exit strategy is going to work. And and it's directly related, I think, to what you're doing, right? Yeah, right on. Um, you're on the right track. Um, and what we're seeing today is baby boomer business owned businesses. You would think, you know, the, the, the children, the adult children want to take these businesses over. They don't. Um, and my guess would be they probably saw mom or dad in the early startup stages where uh, they probably worked, what, 18 hour days for, for years during those startup stages and, and weren't part of the family. We often hear of that startup businesses are risky because you got to put in everything, your your heart and soul. And so these um, the children don't necessarily want to take over, but what they're not realizing is the business is established today and profitable and Baby boomers are hard to break habits from. This is their baby. The the business is their baby. So they're probably still there. And they probably have key employees that are already owner operating the business successfully. They probably could leave and enjoy retirement, but baby boomers are just stuck in in their habits. So these these are the businesses, Mark, that the children should take over, but they don't want to. So what does that mean? There's opportunity for others to acquire these businesses. To answer your question, how do you find them? A variety of ways that buyers are finding them. And and it's complicated because business brokers list them on the market, but we also hear about many business brokers will advertise, we can sell any, any business, which could be true if it's a cash buyer, but if it's a, a an individual that needs financing through with the SBA backing it up, um, there's got to be proof of that income. So that's a way that individuals can find businesses is through business brokers. I suggest buyers that want to purchase finance a business meet with your direct lender who's going to help you first. Uh, an advisor like me, make sure you're qualified and find out, you know, what are your strengths? What What is an industry you're passionate about? What What do you want to do? What does your personal financial statement look like? What do you, what do you have? Like, you know, what do you want to go after? And then we make sure you're eligible to buy the business. Then we go to work to go find it across the country. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, now, if I'm a veteran, uh-huh. right? And, and, you know, there are provisions and, you know, state and or national level, even maybe even county, right, mm-hmm. uh, by SBAs. Um, what kind of programs are accessible for, for veterans? Is there, spe- is there special consideration or other processes that those folks go through? 
Now, there is the SBA 7A loan program, which is the most popular program to support business acquisition finance transactions. You heard in 2020 and 2021, there was a lot of SBA stimulus packages out there where they were offering discounted SBA guarantee fees. Your first six months of payments were waived, but that was for everybody, veteran or non-veteran applicants. Um, And and today there's still a program out there for veteran or non-veteran applicants, which reduces the SBA guarantee fee. It's not as lucrative of a stimulus uh, benefit as it was in 2020 and 2021 during the pandemic, but it's still a good program. The SBA itself, if you visit sba.gov, you can pull up um, programs where SBA has tools to help veterans uh, get prepared with a business plan, projections, what is it going to look like? Um, But I, I do that as well. I mean, you can go to a website and we all know how lost you can get <laughs> in, a, in a hole of a website. Go here, go there. Um, I help my clients find what they're looking for and, and put together a business plan, the projections, and then go after what we're trying to find. Yes, the SBA offers those free services. Um, you just got to dig and find, or you can work directly with an SBA lender. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So- One of the transition programs, uh, I believe everybody has it, but I know through the Army, one of the programs you can get into is the Boots to Business program. Mm -hmm. Uh, They talk about, you know, how you should go about starting your own business. And um, I took it, you know, because I wanted to, you know, experience everything, but I enjoyed that class so much. I'm actually in a second Boots to Business course run through Mississippi State University, which is also free to veterans to take. Um, and so the, this one, we're looking at the cash flow and the expenses, and you're actually building a template for a business to start. Yeah. Um, so a lot of veterans have the idea to start their own business. And, and I think a lot of that comes from, hey, we've been in the military for so long, being told what to do. We're not going to work for anybody anymore. We're going to start our own thing, which completely understandable, right? Mm-hmm. Why should a veteran take a harder look at buying an existing business versus starting their own thing. In your opinion, why do you think they should do that? Yes. I'm I'm pretty passionate about that that answer. And just based on my experience as an SBA lender previously who used to do financing for startups, ground up financing for acquiring an established business, acquiring an established business, the odds of approval are far greater than a startup. A startup requires more money down because it's more risk to the bank. So if you're a veteran and you want to start up, ground up a business, you're going to need more cash down and you're going to have a harder time getting this approved because startups traditionally take about two to three years before that cash is king that we talked about earlier that cash flow is proving profitable. Um, The first year of startup small business ownership is grueling. And the statistics typically tell us that people walk away. It's just that hard, okay? But then when you move over to this bucket, where it's a baby boomer business, it's established. There's proven cash flow day one. 
In addition, if a veteran purchase finances and establish business, the current owner that is operating the business today or has a team of people operating the business, he or she is already earning a respectful owner salary, day one income. So not only does the veteran realize the profits and the income of this established business, we can also transfer the salary from the current owner that's selling to the veteran. So day one, there's an income. I mean, realize day one over here, it's going to take you probably two years before you're going to see an actual income and a salary over here. It's coming out of the gates. And if it's broke, why fix it? There, there are ways to grow it, but it's working. So that is why. Um, and so when underwriters look in here, like, well, geez, this business has been profitable for 15 years. Year over year, we looked at the tax returns from the last three years, the, the owners pulling an officer's salary. We're going to transfer that to the to the new owner. And as long as he operates it and doesn't you know, rock the boat, and he's a good character, and he's got resilience, he knows how to manage people, um, and and I'm telling you, veterans have all of the characteristics that underwriters are looking for to take over this business. That's a lot to celebrate. And I don't think we do enough work today to educate veterans and non-veterans for that matter, that this is the place to go. Everybody's like, startup, 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 startup. Hello, there's a lot happening here over the next five years. And this is where I'm trying to educate and get veterans and non-veterans to go. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> hey, you, you might still be putting in 18 hours, but let somebody else get it started and you just, you know, run That's it. Three right. 18 hours can be spent running it, you know, not starting it. <laughs> you said it. You said it, Mark. And here's the thing. There are businesses in this bucket today that are running with absentee business owners. And I don't say that in a negative fashion. I say that that in a positive fashion, that the business owner did a great job of delegating and training his team of people that are with the business. So when the, the veteran buys this business, there's a team of people that are tenured, established. There's customers that are loyal to the company. It's working. And so if, if the owner today is absentee, I see some buyers actually buy this business and maybe retain their part-time job, their full-time job, and still own this business just overseeing it. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. And multiple streams of cash flow, which is something that everybody harps on. You know, you, you should definitely look at having different avenues. Um, I, I'm fascinated by this. Um, and I think what changed my mind a little bit here is this silver tsunami thing. <laughs> uh, because I, like the business boots, the business thing, I'm fascinated with it. I've always been interested in, you know, starting my own thing down the road. Um, so I've been taking a harder look at it. Mm -hmm. Obviously, as I transition out of the military, and now this whole silver tsunami thing has got me thinking because there there are going to be a a ton of established businesses that are going to become available. Mm -hmm. um, I think this is something like you said we don't educate the veterans enough. I think the veterans need to know about this. 
Um, and, and seriously consider it. It's one thing if you want to start your own business, you could still do that, especially if you can get one where you can be sort of an absentee owner. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is this is fascinating. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, look at every single. Well, let me let me put it this way: um, the younger generations, millennials, <clears throat> um, they're all about passive income. Right. Mm-hmm. Like that, that's, that's really kind of been a theme of, of their, you know, kind of coming into adulthood is a lot of them are looking for that. They want mm-hmm. that, you know, um, shoot, even, even my generation, right. Gen, Gen, Gen X. So what better way, right. To get into something and have immediate passive income to a certain extent, right. You might have to like, to your point, Sean, put in some time, get it up and running, but also, mm-hmm. The comment that you made, Deb, is if you have all the right actors already in place from the previous owner setting that up and establishing it, why would you want to go through the, well, maybe you're passionate about it, right? About mm-hmm. building, I get that. But if you're, mm-hmm. if that's not your, you know, your forte, why not let somebody else do all that legwork for you? It's back to that, you know, <laughs> let them put those 18 hours in. Exactly. It's a, it's already working. Um, do you- I, I'm, an old chief of credit of mine, you know, told me with these buyers, one thing they look for is we don't want to rock the boat fast when we transition in. If it's already working, maybe some tweaks. Something that's real common with baby boomer owned businesses is marketing and um, technology. They, they're they used to just getting business by a landline, picking up the phone, a, a notebook and calling to get business they don't, they hate email. They don't like social media marketing. Every buyer I work with, when we work on the business plan, just tweaking little things like that, the technology and a website, hello, um, and social media marketing, that little bit is going to grow. They, you often hear buy a business and grow it. And, and that's that's what, what they do. Can I share with you a statistic from the SBA about veteran-owned businesses? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I did some homework because I knew this episode was coming up. So the SBA tells us that veterans are 45% more likely to become small business owners versus non-veterans. And veterans are twice as likely to start a business as non-veterans, which that tells me I would like to see uh, a line in here that veterans are twice as likely to acquire an established money-making small business versus startup. Okay. Mm-hmm. But this is the eye opener for me. The SBA reported that veterans own 9.1% of all U S small businesses and employ about 5.8 million million people in the country. Wow. Only 9% guys. Yeah. We got, we got, we got work to do. We have to educate and move veterans to to where the baby boomers are releasing their their, their pride and joys. Let, let's say let's say I'm a veteran, right? Mm-hmm. And and I'm getting out and I'm an entrepreneur, right? I don't want to go work for you know the man or the woman um, <clears throat> in in the rat race, right? Get on the hamster mm-hmm. wheel. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking at buying a business or starting buying or starting a business. Um, and to your point, I think 
there's a lot of reasons you should look at buying a business, right? Versus starting mm-hmm. a business. We've established that. But you're looking at these businesses and they've got, you know, maybe their the revenue is, you know, five million dollars, right? Or or mm-hmm. whatever. Like what what do you look for? Maybe that's the question that I'm asking is what do you look for? Is there like a revenue stream, a, like a range, uh, yeah. profitability, you know, those things. What what should I be be looking mm-hmm. um, If you look on my LinkedIn profile, one of the, my, my taglines is, I love puzzles, show me your pieces. And that's not the puzzle that's sitting on the kitchen table with, you know, 5,000 little pieces. I'm talking about acquisition transactions. They are a puzzle. And what do I look at? First and foremost, I'm looking at my buyer, you know, the veteran. What do you have? Where do you want to go? What's your personal savings right now? I want to look at all that. What's what's your passion? What industry, if you were to start up a business, what industry would it be in? If you were to acquire a business, what would it be? Once I figure that out, I have a good idea how much business they can afford because Let's face it, just like buying a house, when you buy a business, you got to have cash injection, down payment. Okay. We can talk about that maybe another episode, but you got to have some skin in the game if you're going to buy a business. So once we have that figured out, once we have that figured out, Mark, then I'm going to look, we're going to, I'm going to work with my buyer and we're going to start looking at businesses. And I cut to the chase. I don't take any monkey business or too much information from business brokers that list businesses. I want to know right away. I want to see the IRS business tax returns. I want to see the most current year profit and loss statement. I'm going to teach my veteran buyer what is Deb Curtis looking at to make sure that this business will qualify for financing with a bank or a non-bank lender. It's got to have that cash flow, right? Beginning of this episode, I said cash is king. Mm-hmm. And if there is not enough cash flow reported and and there are nuances that I can add back certain things, but I don't need to get into all that now. I just want to cut to the chase and see if the IRS has the right business tax returns on record and there's enough income to afford the loan project for my veteran buyer. Then we move forward to those next steps. Where it gets mucky and complicated is I think there's just... I don't know how to say it. There's too much information when somebody's trying to sell something, they're going to tell you everything great about it and not show you the proof. I can't tell you how many times that happens. And where business buyers get lost in in the fury of this, and it's going to get worse over the next five years, they just listen to the seller and they never get the proof mm-hmm. of they those They get taxes. excited. Yes. And, yeah. Yep. yeah. And you know, business brokers might not like me because I just cut to the chase. I'm like, I'm not here to listen about all the bells and whistles. It's like, I just, I cut, let's get to the proof and verify it because I don't have time. Because if this business don't work, my veteran buyer and I, we're moving to the next business. We're, mm-hmm. we're just going to keep, you know, chopping the tree until we find the winner. Yep. Boom. That's a, that's a bomb right yeah. there, right? Because time is money. And oh, like you said, yeah. cash is king. So. Like George Strait said, I got some oceanfront property in Arizona I can sell you. <laughs> tell you all the great things about it, too. Yeah. Uh, so, Deb, we're, we're, we're down to the end here. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
this has been a fantastic conversation and I'm glad you've already committed to coming on a second time. I mean, we all heard yeah. that we have it on tape. Yes. Um, <laughs> so uh, typically I ask two questions at the end. One, how, how's the best way for people to connect with you? And two, what would you like to leave our audience with? Now you gave us a closing quote at the beginning of the interview. I'm expecting you to probably drop again is what the key takeaway is, but um, how best can we connect with you? And um, what would you like to leave the audience with? Yes. How best you can connect with me is um, if if any of these folks are on LinkedIn, I'm on that platform daily and I educate a lot and, and provide LinkedIn audio events, pretty soon LinkedIn live events specific to educating about business acquisition financing. Um, now I don't expect everybody to be on LinkedIn. You can visit my website, which is debcurtis.com. It's as easy as that, debcurtis.com. Um, I have my calendar link there. Uh, you can reach out to me there or send me an email. And in closing, from my heart, I just want to thank all of you that have served and protected us in this country, which includes small businesses. We couldn't be who we are today without our veterans. Our small businesses would not be where they are today, these baby boomers, if it wasn't for our veterans protecting our country. And these small businesses have been around, you know, for 15, 20, 25 years. And that's that's America. And and small business owners selling love veterans. Veterans love small businesses. It's the puzzle that I talked about earlier where the pieces will come together because it was meant to be. So I'm going to just close with that. That, that is awesome. And, and I'm so excited that you, you came on today that um, our veteran population needs to start checking this out. This is a great avenue. I think there's going to be a ton of opportunities um, and we definitely look forward to bringing you on uh, again to, to tell us more about it, especially as we get further into the silver tsunami. So, <laughs> um, we want to thank everybody for tuning in to the Vet SOS podcast today. Remember, don't drown the sea of transition, grab the Vet SOS lifeline. 